Hello and welcome to the Madras Mayday podcast. Madras Mayday is a festival and business expo which celebrates the equality in music and enables artists from different backgrounds to come together with a collective conscious. The podcast will cover various aspects pertaining to building an inclusive, diverse and equal music ecosystem. This series is powered by the British Council. So now more than ever, independent artists are transitioning to recreate an environment that doesn't just deliver content but also find innovative methods to collaborate and coexist. It is important for any artist, especially those creating in isolation, to maintain a state of equilibrium and to become resilient to whatever new challenges which may arise. The recent and current case being COVID. The guest for today's episode is Dr. Gareth Bonello. He's an award-winning songwriter and musician who performs under the stage name The Gentle Good. He creates timeless music inspired by the language and culture of his native Wales and has collaborated extensively with musicians from Sichuan, China and the Khasi Hills in Northeast India. So let's jump right in. Hello, Gareth. How are you today? Hello. I'm very well, Tenma. How are you? I'm fantastic. I would say, yeah, I mean, saying fantastic at this time is quite, uh, uh, you know... It's all relative, thinking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very relative. I think... Uh, I've come to a very uh, good state of equilibrium in the last one year as an yeah. artist, but I think it's essential that uh, before I get into any sort of like explaining about my story, I think uh, it's imperative to ask you, how have you been, you know, how's the situation in Wales and how have you been maintaining a state of, you know, equilibrium and finding inspiration during these times? Yeah, I think it's definitely been a, a huge transition, hasn't it? Um especially for somebody like me. Um, I was touring a lot. I had a lot of gigs booked for last year when, when lockdown hit. So it was kind of like a whole year of work just kind of got wiped out uh, in the blink of an eye. Um, I'd actually only just recently come back from touring in India. I'd been touring um, in in the Northeast and also in, um, in Delhi and Calcutta with uh, a, a, a theatre production called Performing Journeys, which was a, had a cast of uh, uh, mixed uh, Welsh and Cassie uh, actors and musicians. So I'd gone from travelling around India and a whole year of work to do to sitting in my house with nothing to do, um, worrying about money and income and all this kind of thing. Um, and I suppose it, it was it, it was a long process of trying to work out. Uh, how to work from home, how to be a musician doing what I, what, you, what I do without performing live, which is usually my main activity, I'd say. Um, and it's it's been some ways good. It's been some ways it's been frustrating. But I think over the course of the year, it's definitely um, probably helped me improve as, as a musician, with especially with regards to things like recording things from home. And it's been a chance to take stock I think as well to stop stop back from the touring and stop back from performing and collaborating and just think about what is it I want to carry on doing and what do I want to say as a musician and as an artist that state of uncertainty only gets you into a very diff- difficult and a different creative atmosphere and here in India as you would have seen there is no structured music ecosystem per se an independent music ecosystem and since we're talking about that, how do you create first an ecosystem? Because I've seen your interviews where you sp- you've spoken about how uh, go to an you know an ecosystem which you can work with and you know build a life around you know not I'm I'm sort of like paraphrasing but some something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And how do you get into a system or how do you create a system for yourself? 
Yeah, I think I think for me, it's always been about building relationships with people. You know, I think you have to you have to know get to know people. I think you can't just kind of, you know, I think the industry works on two levels. It works on the impersonal level, which is usually at the higher end, where people can just have a business, a strictly business relationship. And they, you know, they say, can you book my band? They will make lots of money for your venue or for your uh, promotions agency and this kind of thing. And that's possible at a certain level. But I think for a lot of independent artists, that kind of level is beyond reach. But what independent artists are better at and what independent artists can do is connect the community that they're from with other communities of like-minded independent artists elsewhere in the world. And because even though you're from different places in the world and lots of different cultural and social differences as well, you're probably trying to do the same thing, which is trying to share your music or share your art with with other cultures as well as your own. And I found that um, by giving, by getting to know people. So, if, you know, you mentioned Sichuan. I, I, I was, um, I, I stayed in the city of uh, Chengdu for, for, for almost two months while I was working on the project there, which was actually quite a short period of time. Um, but it was long enough for me to really get to know some uh, musicians there and to get to know some of the people involved in uh, the theatre company that I was working with. Um, the Cassie Hills, on the other hand, I've been going back and forth to the Cassie Hills uh, continuously for the past four years. And I have a really strong relationship with many different artists and individuals there. And as a result of that, artists from the Cassie Hills have come to Wales and have been touring here. Um, I've been over there and we've toured and that relationship is still building. And it's like a slow, it's a slow burner. You know, these kind of things take a lot of time. Um, but I think that if you do give it that time, ultimately, the work you produce is more rewarding. It's more personal and it's connected to those two cultures that you're linking or to the variety of cultures that you're linking. Um, so, you know, personally, I've been very lucky in Cardiff, which when I first started performing um, was a very vibrant music scene. Um, lots of really good support from local promoters who are putting on gigs, often at you know, at a risk to themselves because attendances at gigs can be low and it's a financial risk. Um, local labels, I work with a local artists collective called the Bubble Rap Collective, and um, they help me to release records. They help me with things like press and design of, you know, artwork and posters and a lot of other things that, you know, as an independent artist, otherwise I would have to do myself. And would take up even more of my time um, and through them then I've let, met many other artists so there's a little kind of small little ecosystem of artists working in Cardiff that then fans out to the whole of the rest of Wales and then that eventually fans out to other parts of the world because artists from this collective are traveling around and I think it's, it's not as glamorous as the kind of higher end rock star touring but it's actually I think it's it's much more um, an in-depth uh, conversation and collaboration between cultures and actually I find the work that these kind of collaborations produce a lot more interesting. Let's get into how was your experience like just building through this time what are the method, methods of resilience mm -hmm. you had to you know have? Mm -hmm. Yes I think um, well certainly I've had to learn lots about home recording that's been a big big thing that I just had to do in general so I think in general I think when times change you do have to usually educate yourself 
uh, learn new skills in order to adapt to uh, the change if you don't have or already have those skills. Um, in terms of, I've, I was fortunate that I, I had two collaborations ongoing in India when COVID struck and I managed to sort of shift them online. It's been a challenge. I think I was working with some of the uh, Cassie musicians that I've been working with uh, and a Cassie poet and we were already in the habit of uh, sharing uh, music and videos and things on via WhatsApp and downloading files to each and all that kind of thing. So we already had a kind of a working relationship of sharing things on the internet. However, I did begin a new collaboration with a wonderful Sarangi player uh, called Asin Khan Langa from Rajasthan. And we hadn't worked together before. That uh, collaboration I, I feel is still developing because we haven't figured out yet how to communicate. We share videos. Um, I don't speak Asin's language and he doesn't speak mine. So it's it's all just sharing videos via WhatsApp, which I think it takes us so far, but then we hit, we always hit a wall because we can't really share our ideas. And sometimes you just need to be in the room with someone, don't you? You need to be able to see their face and sit there and play them instruments with them or sing or talk. Um, and I'm hoping one day that'll happen. But I do feel that there is quite a lot that can be achieved by just by the, the, the powers of the internet and by the technology that you know most people have in their phones. So it is easier in terms of that type of collaboration. I've been trying to figure out how best to do that in this situation um, and how to share it. That's the, that's the next stage, isn't it? Once you've created the work, how do you share it and why should people listen to it? And how do you encourage people to listen to, to it? Because everything is saturated. The internet is full of videos of people sharing songs. You know, that is a, a bigger challenge for musicians everywhere, I think. Um, how do you stand out from the crowd? Like we were talking earlier on, I think that when you're doing something so unique, uh, when you're looking at cultures that you do, people don't normally see, that is something that makes you different. You know, if you're sharing music that is made, you know, a collaboration between Welsh language and Tamil music or something, probably never happened before. You have their two rich cultures with their own musical traditions that could really develop something that would be uh, new and interesting to people. And I think trying to keep things going like this is probably going to be the story over the next year as well as the past year, trying to sort of develop new work with a hope that one day it'd be possible to share it live. <laughs> somebody who tours a lot, you're somebody who gigs a lot, right? Yeah. Um, what did it do to you? I mean, in this aspect, I think with Gareth, he's also an ornithologist right and yeah. uh, it's a study of birds and closer to nature and uh, you know you're quite an outdoor person somebody who's connected to nature so much it reflects on your music and you've done all of these amazing things with bringing nature and you know music together and at the same time you're a touring musician you do all of these things the levels at which it would have hit you is completely different than for probably for a lot of other musicians like how do you how did you handle your equilibrium how did you handle your sanity during all of these times yeah that's a good question i think do you know what initially i think i i i did quite well um i sort of threw myself into i was very lucky i got offered a very uh quick little arts project by bbc radio cymru which is like a um the the the, the Welsh language radio, radio station here. And they offered to pay me a, a small amount of money to record uh, an EP for songs for them from home. And because I had nothing else to do, because all my work was canceled, I just thought, right, 
I will I will write an EP for Radio Cymru and I'll throw myself into it. And I thought what would be the best thing that would make me feel better was, first of all, to use nature as the source of the inspiration. So because it was springtime in the UK when uh, when COVID, we had the first lockdown, I wrote a lot of songs on the, on a theme of springtime and recorded bird sounds and things like this and put them onto the uh, EP. So there's a there's a song, there's a folk song called uh, Mardeyar and Glassy, which means uh, the uh, the earth is in bloom. And then there was a, a song called Oivad, which is about swimming, because I love uh, swimming in in lakes or rivers or sea. So I was really missing being in that connection with water. So I had this instrumental song that just kind of tried to sort of take you in your head to a place where you were swimming. And I think for me, that was a kind of release and an escape from the lockdown. And that helped me to feel sort of balanced. And because I was working as well, I felt I got that sense of worth. But then once that finished, I did get a little bit further down because I just realized this isn't going to end soon. And I don't have um, live performance, which I'm used to doing. And I can't even go and see the natural world because I live in the middle of the city here in Cardiff. And we had a, um, a five mile radius lockdown. So, uh, and you're not allowed to, you weren't allowed to drive anywhere. I still can't at the moment go further than a few miles from my house. Um, so, you know, I've done a lot of walking around Cardiff, but I miss. I miss the the nature that is such so inspiring to me. I've tried to stay focused. I've tried to be busy with work, and I've also just tried to be helpful to my local community. Um, so I volunteer. There's a, a centre in the middle of town. It provides uh, support for refugees and asylum seekers in the city. So I volunteer there. Um, you know, uh, once every fortnight, I work in the kitchen. Uh, you know, helping prepare food and cleaning and things like this. Just because people, I'm lucky really. I'm, I'm working from home, I'm a musician. People are far worse off on having it far harder than I am. I think it's helped my mental health to remember that and to actually see if, if I can uh, contribute to the community and help make people's lives easier um, who are having a much harder time than me. Um, it help, helps me to get a, piece, a sense of perspective, I think. I mean, uh, all of this, you know, helping and, you know, supporting the local communities, uh, did it impact your work much later? I know whether you would agree with me on this. Usually the other things around music inspires the songs you write. Was there any creative change? Yeah, I think so. It's It's been slow and ongoing. I think, like I said earlier on, I think I've certainly been thinking more about what I do. What is it that I want to do? Uh, what is it that I want to say? And I think um, certainly my approach has um, changed. You know, I've decided, to, for instance, to focus a lot more on on my own solo performances. Uh, quite often in my records, I tend to collaborate with a lot of people and bring in lots of musicians. And in a way, sometimes I use it to hide behind other musicians because of my own insecurities as a performer. So I'm trying to, I've decided that actually I should be trying to be more confident as a performer, as a solo performer myself. And so my latest work, I've been trying to just uh, really develop pieces that on the guitar particularly, and also on the cello, which is another instrument that I play, uh, reflect just me at my sort of most stripped back, because I think there's a, there's, a, there's a rawness and an emotion to that sort of performance. And actually I'm excited about sharing that with other people. So definitely that approach has changed. 
But I think it's been hard to find inspiration in general, just because, like you mentioned, you need the experiences of other people's company, the conversations that you have, and also the outside stimuli, seeing seeing nature, things like this. I particularly need that in order to write new songs. And so I, I've definitely struggled with composing new material over the lockdown period. I'd say that I've been quite slow. I, I feel I've, I've been good at, I do a lot of rearrangements of folk songs and things like this. And I found that has been fine, but actually finding that spark of inspiration has been difficult. And I think that's just because of the situation, the sort of the oppressive nature of being inside the same four walls all the time. I don't know, have you found it the same? I have found it quite uh, difficult because uh, the thing is, I sort of live in isolation. Uh, this pandemic was pretty much like all my life has been, <laughs> <laughs> it has been. So I've been living alone, my studio, my house, I mean, everything is just in the same place. I have a small library where I read. But I think for it, it's for me meeting new people always, it's not just dating, it's also just probably a new business associate or just anybody that sort of like blocked me away from, uh, you know, things. But what happened was um, I started uh -huh. exploring more deep into my own community where I live. So I live a little far away from the city. It's a suburban. And um, I, I've moved here only because I didn't want to usually a bachelor pad turns into a party house yeah yeah so everybody right. hangs up so i didn't want to have that because i just wanted to keep it a strictly professional environment even mm -hmm. if it's my house yeah so, so what i did was i just started traveling uh just take my bike and uh just going around where, wherever my local farms wherever just to source out food and like you know and then i started exploring into where do i get the best onions where do i get the best tomorrow's nearby and what is my local produce let me start consuming that mm. in fact that helped me get some information about who where i am and what do i do uh you know who are around me and i, I started supporting more local produce more and that helped me start uh, you know start engaging with people better as far as the music ecosystem is concerned so what i did was I think my first sign of resilience came because of a financial disaster like uh because more like not i shouldn't say disaster i would uh, let's say like a problem so what i had to do was everything all my channels of finances got cut uh, money stream got financial streams got cut and uh, um so what i did was i started creating a barter system within mm. the musician fraternity i was like we don't have a structured system i spoke to a lot of artists not just musicians uh, visual artists and you know writers and everybody i just said like i'll make music for you you know in exchange for something so yes. i released a single last year it's probably one of my most famous singles uh, as a solo act it's a tribute to bob marley i worked with a visual artist who uh, his name is kamal and i worked with him in exchange i did music for one of his videos he did the video he's an animator and artist so he did mm -hmm. the video for my song and it mm -hmm. worked both ways and that was my first sort of project during the pandemic and from then i started doing barter systems which helped me build that resilience over my finances and uh, mm -hmm. it started progressing 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 and to a point where in fact that's what i uh, every time i get on a podcast or a panel people ask me how have you been doing through the pandemic and i'll be like i've made more money in the pandemic than <laughs> before <laughs> <laughs> 
when all uh, you know when all hell broke loose i think uh, every sort of uh, survival instinct started working for me every cell of my body so mm-hmm. i think that's uh, something which which helped uh, rebuild the ecosystem uh, uh, what we have today and now yeah. in fact the independent music scene in tamil has exploded massively through various companies and various and more artists have come in uh what was once a one or two person scene now is like a lots like hundreds of artists and like uh women men children all of them are involved and i'm really happy the way it's turning out and i know i think i've taken a tangent coming back to the point of uh, i think uh, gareth we we have similar sort of like uh ideas and like working protocols and you know you do like a hundred things and i do a hundred things to move forward what do you do how did you became resilient and how do you protect the theme of of the entire thing as an artist regular communication for a start even if you haven't got work i think it's important to speak to if you're working with other people don't just speak to them when you've got some work on like especially if you're trying to if you if because i also especially in my local scene here in cardiff most of the independent musicians operate on a similar kind of barter system you know um so somebody will say to me oh can you i need some cellos on my record can you play some cello and i'll be yeah sure and then like six months later i'll be like oh i really need someone to play pedal steel on my record can you do you know that kind of thing happens all the time and people share skills in design and in, in, in promotions and things like that so certainly keeping in touch with your your co-creators your 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 local community of artists and people and artisans and people who are making the food and all that kind of thing like you mentioned is really important and i think like i said not just not just when there's work on but in between the work so that you are on good terms with everybody i think that's really important and i think trying then to support people if they're having a difficult time so you know being aware of other people's situation as you mentioned you know i think artists uh independent artists often struggle for money it's cash flow isn't uh easy especially during the pandemic when touring has stopped i would say most of my musician friends that were part-time or full-time musicians most of their income would have been from touring um so trying to help those people um to adjust to their new life in the same way that I've been adjusting to my new life has been something that is definitely a uh, help i i just think go if you'll get through something so challenging as this all together then you'll emerge stronger and you'll emerge closer and you'll also have a better understanding of what you're capable of as a collective or as a group uh, or as a community uh, of artists and it doesn't necessarily need a lot of money because nobody has a lot of money in 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 these kind of, in these times if you're an independent artist the other thing that has been interesting and i hope will make change which is going off on a slightly different tangent is in in the uk um there's been a lot of discussion about the way that uh, music is um the, how money is made out of music and how people make money out of music and how that's usually not the artists themselves that made the made the music there's been campaign groups here trying to build pressure on government um and industry to try to change the way that music royalties for example are paid uh how streaming services don't really remunerate artists because it was the pandemic that caused that because obviously suddenly the one reliable source of income that artists had in the UK which was touring is gone 
and then there was nothing to replace it. So even though if you had millions of plays on Spotify, it didn't matter. That's not going to make you enough money to live on. And I think when a lot of artists realised that, they were like, this is this shouldn't be how it is. I think touring should be a, a supplement to your normal practice of creating music. Uh, you shouldn't be touring so much that that's the main thing that's getting you the money that, and you're not spending as much time writing and creating new music, uh, in, in my opinion, you know. So I think helping making big changes like that can also be have a big effect on small uh, independent communities of artists. So just through things like that, the website SoundCloud, for example, has decided to start paying royalties for the first time. That's thanks to pressure. You know, a lot of my friends have their tracks on SoundCloud and they'll probably now be in a slightly financially better off position. So I think it's remembering that even if you're a small community, you are part of a larger community of artists. And that if you combine your voices, you can put pressure on the people in charge and actually instigate real change, which will benefit everyone. And I think that's something that will probably carry on going over the next few years. People, the pandemic has caused people to rethink and imagine how they can reshape the reality of uh, their worlds in many different ways. And I don't think the uh, arts are any different. And I think that we can now use this opportunity, this moment, to try to instigate more positive change and more support for independent artists um, so that people can actually be paid properly for their work and um, and then go on to create more work. And, um, you know, adding to your point, I want to say that, you know, there's a lot, been a lot of disruption. I mean, this sort of a positive disruption as well, the creative mm -hmm. disruption through all of these things. Because in during the early phase of the pandemic, there was also a lot of anger and a lot of things from a lot of, you know, different sources. And it, and the emotion, emotional drive was changing for the whole. And it was pretty much a similar situation with people all around the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the wave of emotion was just changing. And right now we are more, a little more relaxed. I think people have introspected quite a bit as to what they need to be angry about. And, you know, not everything is what... Uh, you know, the social media is not the complete truth. No. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and it, but also during yeah. this time, uh, because of the lack of touring and everything, you, you know, artists you know, moved on to the virtual performances. Mm. Um, that was the globally the biggest change for the gigging musician. Yeah. Like, I did, like, a couple of virtual gigs, but honestly, to be very truthful, it, I'm still not used to it. It's just 17 yeah. years of performing on a stage. And, you know, I was like, one of my managers used to tell me, like, a gigging tenma is a happy tenma. Like, yeah. I get, <laughs> it's like, a, I get really upset. And, you know, I don't know how the, you know, gigging musicians, regularly gigging musicians are going, what they are going through. And, you know, promoters or people who are like venue owners who are having these performances. And, I've, and we've seen a lot of people sh shutting down a mm. uh, lot of and in fact a lot of people a lot of new places opening up as well new type of uh, places mm. and this virtual performance thing is like a new thing here so what are the solutions let's let's think about what solutions do we see as as an artist how do we see this and what else do we do to build you know connect the dots as mm. as you know where else what else can we do how do we deal with like virtual gigs how do we deal with like you know, everything, everything, venues, and how do we support our venues and our promoters as well, and how the promoters can support us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's really important, especially the venues. I think, you know, I think I agree with you on 
streaming gigs by the live gigs by the way you know like it's okay but it's it's just not the same and i think that's what a lot of people have learned as well like if, you know the audiences watching you know it's 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 different but it can't replace a live performance um which is a good thing but that has generally been the consensus because i think when live performance comes back people will probably hopefully appreciate it more and um, attend the, 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 the gigs in more numbers than they were previously. Um, I think in Cardiff, certainly, um, it's difficult. We, we really have to put a lot of pressure on uh, local, local government and the council to keep venues open and not to knock them down or develop them or sell them off for flats. I think we've lost a lot of venues in Cardiff pre-pandemic just because you know they're they're in old buildings and you know they're run by people who are doing it for the love so there's not a lot of money coming in and um, but those are the kind of venues where artists cut their teeth you know those that's where a young artist can find their confidence performing um, where they learn their craft and then they hopefully go on to play bigger stages and things but you need to support those local small grassroots venues because that's where the scene is that's where the people who really care about the music are and that's where we we're talking about the community earlier on and the ecosystem that's where it is in those small venues you know in cardiff unfortunately there's a real push to build a lot of high-rise buildings to modernize the city center and in doing so they're kind of eradicating the local culture that is there they're making it like a generic city center like so you would you know if you dropped you in the middle of cardiff you might not necessarily you could be in the middle of any city center in the uk because for the council it's important for them to have relationships with developers and business but i'm not going to criticize the council too much but um, well no, i am going to criticize the council they they are, they are too one-sided and they're blind to what the damage to the damage they're doing they don't understand that by eradicating the culture from the middle of the city they are getting rid of something that makes cardiff unique and in a few years time people will be less interested in the place you know and you'll get fewer artists because instead of the artists all living in the same area or performing in the same venues they'll be scattered around the city and that scene that sort of community doesn't develop so you know as artists we do try to get together with venue promoters venue owners to pressure the council um, we went on a big march a few years ago uh, when they were threatening to sell off one of our most iconic venues uh, to build flats and we have managed to get them to change laws uh, to do with sound pollution and things like this, you know, because one of the commonest ways of closing down a venue um, is to say there's residents complaining about the noise from the venue. So we have to close you down. A law change now. So saying if you move into a place that is next to an established music venue, you have to put up with the noise. <laughs> you can't just complain about the noise. You knew there was a venue there when you moved there. So, you know, tough luck. But... I think that as artists in any community, you have to get together with all the people involved in that ecosystem and put it on your local administrators who might otherwise not be sympathetic to your cause. That does sometimes work. Not always. It's a, it's a struggle. But if you don't do it, you'll definitely lose the venues, which is what's happening in Cardiff, unfortunately, at the moment. I think it's essential for artists to take breaks, right? And uh, what do you like? What do you think? How, how do you see this taking breaks and how free? What is the frequency? What do we do? How essential it is so that we don't hit a point of saturation where it kills us from the inside? Yeah, I think it's definitely important to not do everything from a work perspective. I think especially as an artist, you can you can travel a lot um, 
through work. And then you can kid yourself that that traveling around is also a break of some sort, you know, but it's not because you're working and you can completely have a burnout, you know, especially nowadays with the internet and everything 24 seven, you can be, you can put so much pressure on yourself to produce work to produce, oh, I haven't done anything for a while. I should put a video up or I should uh, release a new song. And you can, you can become very, very um, overworked and you can, because it's all happening in your mind, you can become very, very down about it. And I think, yeah, suffer from a burnout. So for me, it's definitely always been about trying to connect to, to, to nature. Um, so it, when I was able to travel further from my house, uh, I like to go to the coast uh, to swim uh, in the sea. Uh, it's quite cold here in Wales, but um, one of my all-time sort of favourite things in the world to do is to is to snorkel, you know, uh, with a snorkel mask. Because um, mm. I just love uh, being able to see the rocks and the fishes and all the different uh, little creatures and things like that. Um, it gives me an enormous sense of freedom. And I always think, even if I've done nothing all day except go for one swim in the sea, I feel like that's a day well spent because of the benefits to my state of mind and to the way that I feel. So for, for me, it's been that. And as you mentioned earlier, I'm an ornithologist. So uh, I do love to go out because one of my uh, things that I've learned to do as an ornithologist was listen to the bird song and I can identify the British birds from, from their songs. Um, and so, especially at this time of year, it's, it's always endlessly fascinating because we have a lot of migratory birds that come from Europe and, they, 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 and from Africa as well. And they start coming around about March and then they're arriving up until about June and then they're all singing because they're all nesting. So the songs are constantly changing, but it reminds you of the cycle that you're in. You know, it's like, oh, there's a black cap there. That means that spring is on the way, you know, and oh, the swallows are here. Right. It's summertime, you know. There's reassurance to me, reminding myself that I'm I'm part of a bigger cycle, and not everything is just about me and what I, I produce uh, and the music that I make. It's just I'm just a tiny little part in the grand cosmic array of things, and I think uh, it's it's good to remind yourself of that sometimes. And for me personally, that's where I find more peace. You and me can have a lot and a lot of conversations about a lot of things, and, uh, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Uh, thank you, Gareth, for everything, your insight, your, your time. And uh, this has been such a holistic experience for me. I hope a lot of artists realize that they are not alone during, you know, this. And whatever I'm finding, so many similarities from where I come from, from, from what Gareth is doing. And, it's, and, and it, we, we should realize that we are the citizens of this planet and we are a planet shutdown. And we are all connected by so many different things. And, uh, you know, I hope there's a lot of takeaway from this episode for you and hope whoever is, you know, going through whatever, they can transition a fresh, a new person, a new artist or upgrade themselves. So this is, this has been very, very good. And the next episode will be hosted by my colleague, Tejas Nair, who goes by the name Sprike. We have an amazing lineup of guests who will be discussing about the business of the scene. And, you know, thank you for listening to today's episode. And, and I hope you had a great time. Thank you. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you so much. It's been a real, real uh, honor and a, a real pleasure to speak to you, uh, Tenma. And yes, uh, yes, we'll definitely keep in touch.